It's Amy's Table, a girl's guide to living with Amy Tobin on Q102. Pull up a chair and join us. Katie Tobin joined the New Rift team in 2014 while finishing college. In 2015, she graduated from DAP at the University of Cincinnati with a Bachelor of Fine Arts. And most recently, she's worked to develop the cocktail experience at New Rift, spearheading the creation of the Aquifer, the brand new cocktail bar located on the first floor of the distillery in Newport, Kentucky. And she's joining me today because I'm her mother and made her do so uh, <laughs> to talk about cocktails. And welcome, Katie. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so let's talk about this. Did you ever dream, here you were going to art school, that you were going to turn your art toward cocktails? You know, I thought it was a funny transition at first. And I used to joke with myself, like, you know, this is why I got this art degree is to come here and end up bartending <laughs> and working in the craft cocktail scene. And it is, it, I found that it is so paralleled to my experience at art school in that I can walk around. There's constant knowledge. People are doing really fun things. There's always interesting projects going on. And there is honestly such a formula, such a science, such an art to everything that we do at New Riff. Well, I know when you learned about the formula behind a successful cocktail. That really was sort of a, a new step for you and a new awareness. And so let's talk about that. So many people go home and mix cocktails. Of course, mixology, or as we said earlier today, craftology or craft <laughs> mixer or whatever. Um, there's a lot of bad cocktails out there. Mm -hmm. So one of the things you have to do, just like any recipe, is to balance it. So what did you learn about this base formula for a successful cocktail? Well, one of the things I can uh, chalk it up to is I was, again, forced to read a very interesting um, Bitter Cube masterclass. And a lot of that's a very classically trained bartender piece of material. Um, and it breaks all the cocktails down to essentially like 10 different types of cocktails. And within those cocktails, there is literally a formula for how to build each one. And you can dabble off the beaten path once you kind of know the rules, you can break them. You can experiment, you can do things like that. And one that I like to tell people, one of my favorite drinks is a Manhattan. And one of the things that I like to tell people is a good way to remember a balanced Manhattan and on the flip side, a martini, and I'll get to that. If you remember, Manhattan's area code is 212. So essentially that's your two ounces of spirit, one ounce of your vermouth and then two ounces or two dashes, sorry, of bitters. I put three because I really like bitters. <laughs> That's um, your new riff. <laughs> exactly. But so off of that kind of, you know, general formula, you can do two ounces of vodka, one ounce of dry vermouth instead of sweet vermouth, two dashes of some fun bitters, and then you've got a martini. So, so, okay, so Manhattans and martinis, do they kind of then live in the same, even though they're radically different tasting and looking and all of that, they kind of live in the same formula. Exactly. So 212, the area code of Manhattan, that's good. Mm -hmm. So two-part spirit. Now, in the case of New Riff, mm -hmm. you're using two ounces of New Riff bourbon, straight bourbon whiskey, mm -hmm. and then one ounce of what? So what we're using right now actually at the aquifer is uh, Kochi Rosa, and it's a really high-end vermouth, and uh, we're using grapefruit bitters in that as well. And uh, like I said, that's been kind of my go-to drink since I've started getting into bourbon. And it's a good example of when you're building a cocktail, if you know you like something, try and just a step up in your ingredient. Try a nicer bourbon, a nicer vodka. Try something with a little bit of flavor to it. Try infusing things. Try using a you know higher-quality vermouth. Try a different bitters. Try putting a twist of something in it. Sure. And bitters are such an interesting thing because they can really change everything up. And I know Absolutely. for you, you sometimes just like to have a dash or two of bitters in mm -hmm. soda water or tonic water yep. or whatever. Or even but, vermouth. 
Perfect on ice. Mist. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a nice fresh light cocktail. Yep. So, okay, I like this. So a Manhattan or a martini, two parts spirit, mm-hmm. one part vermouth. Mm-hmm. Would it always be a vermouth? Uh, you can use an aperitif. I mean, you could use uh, Campari. You can really, you can get creative and kind of make this your own. It's one of the reasons that I love um, that I've gotten into cocktail development at New Riff is that everything we do is a new riff on an old tradition. Yep. Cocktails are as old as dirt, you know, and um, just being able to kind of play around and have these things where there is a real set of rules but you can dabble off of that. You're encouraged to put your own riff on well, something that's Well, and let's just say you make something and you use a bitter or a, or the one ouncer in your 212 formula that isn't quite right. Okay, get over it. Exactly. Try again, you know? I mean, exactly. that's what it's all about. So, all right, shaken, not stirred, James Bond's <laughs> fav- famous phrase. Shaking changes a cocktail. Absolutely. So... Can you shake? Are they interchangeable or are there some things that are much happier to be shaken and some that are happier to be stirred? I think that there are some that are happy to be shaken and some that are happy to be stirred. So when you shake a cocktail, you're obliterating the ice. You're chilling it, but you're also adding water. When you're stirring something, it's a lot more delicate, a lot gentler on the spirits. You're not, you know, if you hear someone say that you've bruised a cocktail or something like that, um, you it's the rate in which you add water and it's the rate in which you change how those the flavors in the cocktail are mingling together, for lack of better words. So, sure, that makes sense. Um, it actually looks different when you shake a it cocktail. Does. It's a little glitter- glitterier mm-hmm. and, you know, a little thicker looking. Yeah. Well, and so thinning it down with the water when you're adding water, but also straining is another perfect example. I kind of rolled my eyes at that in the past, but it really makes a huge difference. If you're straining something, if you're double straining something, it's to not get those little shards of glass that come from when you're shaking a cocktail, stirring a cocktail. And when you say glass, like you mean ice. Sorry. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you never want glass. You straight well, out that broken glass. We do not believe in drinking that. <laughs> definitely don't drink that. So what about glassware? I mean, I love a coupe glass. However, that is not the kind of glass to try and run across the room with. Or no, you're leave that's half a sit-there and look pretty glass. Yeah. That's what I like to call it. <laughs> exactly. It's like certain shoes. Exactly. Those are just sit down and be their shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, but so coupe glass. That's a good one to have in the bar. Yep. Old fashioned. Mm-hmm. Like a rocks glass. Yeah. Uh, there's also a Nick and Nora, which is essentially a variation of a coupe glass that's just a little bit of a higher rim. Coupes are usually a little bit lower. Yeah, um, like a low bowl. Yeah, very shallow. Um, we have a highball glass, which is, I call them tube glasses, but they're traditionally called highball glasses. Um, those are for like a Tom Collins, you know, some kind of. Is there a formula for a Tom Collins? Um, there is. So, uh, you know, you can just do, I, I don't actually have a set recipe for it, right. but um, essentially it's a citrus. So I've actually had a gin Tom Collins. Traditionally, it's lemon. It's lemon juice, um, simple syrup. Again, you can get fun with your simple syrups. You could do a lemon simple syrup, tonic, and gin. Um, so kind of like a gimlet. You think of vodka, lime, and soda or something. Collins is tonic, gin, and lemon. So with this glassware, let's say you are... Not putting your cocktail on ice, but you want it to be chilled. Do you chill the glassware? Do you? Yeah, that's actually one of my favorite things to do. And it really, again, makes a huge difference. A lot of it seems just kind of auxiliary and it's like not going to really make the cocktail taste different. Trust me, it does. So you put some ice in your coupe glass, just put a little bit of water. You can even kind of spin the um, stem of the glass to get it fully chilled. Just let it sit for a minute. Then you dump that out also kind of like you would a vermouth wash in a martini or something. Just dump that out and you've got a nice chilled glass. 
So I want to step back on two things there. First of all, chilled glass, love that idea. I think I told you I was in D.C. and they had a a tray at the bar with all of their glasses upside down and crushed ice. I just thought that was darling. That's absolutely great. And it looks pretty. The wash you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. So that is so interesting. At Hopscotch for City Beat last year, you all did a cocktail that had a scotch mist. Mist. Mm -hmm. Yep. So washes, mists. Tell me about that. Yeah, or even um, expressions. So when you express like a peel of an orange or something, when people say that we taste with our nose, you know, all of our senses, they intermingle to have us experience things. So if you take a twist of a peel, you know, a twist of orange or something and squeeze it, you see the um, expression of the orange oils come off. But then when you lift that up to your mouth to take a sip, that's immediately what you're getting. Yeah. So that scotch flavor on top of the cocktail that we did, that was the first thing out of people's mouths when they brought it up to their faces. This kind of just excitement of, oh, what is this? This is different. I wasn't expecting this. It's new. And it's not like it's you're not going to get the same effect from dumping half of a jigger of scotch into a cocktail. But that just initial on the top, there's a lot of chemistry and a lot of science there. And yeah. it does change it. I just love all the I mean, cocktails are so thoughtful. So it's so nice to see all of these thoughtful things going into it. So one of the things, obviously, is you can sweeten a cocktail. Mm-hmm. And you talk about a simple syrup, which is yep. generally, do you do equal parts water and sugar? I usually or do. Um Depending on where you kind of source your information, I've seen you can do like a two to one where it's a thicker, simple syrup, depending on what you're using it for. I usually just do one to one. So this is one of those things. It's kind of like when we make our Cabernet sea salt and cooking classes and I tell people, don't make two pounds of this. You just need a little. So simple syrup, while it can't really go bad per se, you really don't want to make vats at home anyway of simple syrup. But you've done some interesting ones. Brown sugar, simple syrup. Which we're calling our demerara. Uh, It's just a little bit, again, that kind of escalation of that. We also have a uh, ginger green tea simple syrup. That's Mm. really nice. And that you really can tell in a cocktail. It's very different than just using a regular white sugar simple syrup. Um, we also have a bar- bourbon barrel-aged honey syrup that yeah. we uh, sell the honey in the gift shop. That's really easy to make and really nice. Um, and I think we've got one more that I'm not being able to remember right now. That's okay. You can but experiment. Yeah. Don't limit yourself. Exactly. Go beyond. Are there any books you particularly like? to turn people on to for cocktails? So one of my uh, favorite gifts that I've gotten over the past couple years on my birthday was a Death & Co. uh, cocktail book from one of my friends, and she got it, I think, when she was in New York. And that is... Just become my Bible. I mean, so there are tell so everybody, many Death cool & Co. is a New York bar. Yeah, it yeah. is. And um, it is just absolutely spectacular. It starts off the way the book is written. It starts off their night and just all the you were talking about thoughtful, all the things that go into the preparation of setting up a bar, getting everything together, kind of getting your head in the game. I mean, it's it is a science. It's a performance. It's an art. It's a it's kind of all bases covered. Um, but so it talks about the, you know, a general opening night at uh, Death & Co. And then breaks down the different cocktails. And there is a hundred different variations of Manhattan's martinis, you know, um, all kinds of cocktails. You name it. There's a whole chapter on it and how to use different garnishes, what your tools are, everything like that. 
Well, obviously, with all the effort that has gone into making our beautiful bourbon at New Riff and our beautiful Kentucky Wild Gin, we can talk about that another day. We aren't hoping people are just going to sling it back mercilessly. We're hoping everybody is going to be a responsible drinker, a thoughtful drinker. Mm -hmm. In fact, we're partnering with an organization called Better Drinking Culture. But so learning how to make a beautiful cocktail that you will sit and savor and feel great about and enjoy the flavors is an important thing. And you can come and see Katie at the Aquifer at Mm -hmm. New Riff. Um, We do close at 7 p.m. most nights, um, but you can stop in. Sundays, I think it's 4 o'clock. But or if we're cl- open to the public, then you can come in and come get a in cocktail. Come in and have a cocktail. Yep. And you can check out, in fact, I'll put the recipe online. Katie's making a cherry bounce right now, which is with ripe cherries, mm-hmm. our new Riff bourbon, and rock candy. And it is going to sit and sit and sit until the holidays, at what point we're going to have an incredible cherry liqueur <laughs> and some da-bomb-bomb cherry bombs. <laughs> <laughs> And it's a great thing. So I'll put that recipe online. But Katie Tobin, thank you so much for joining me on Amy's Table. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Amy's Table, a girl's guide to living with Amy Tobin on Q102. For more, visit Amy's blog with Q102 online at WKRQ.com.